once again for another episode of the Justin Insight Podcast. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling, but most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned on the last episode with Dawn Raid, um, literally as I posted that episode, I was out the door going to see Under Oath. Uh, so went to that gig up in London last week, which was absolutely fucking rad. It was really nostalgic. Uh, Under Oath haven't missed a beat the whole time they've been away. It was really cool to see them on stage again as with all the original members. Um, and yeah, they were just like super tight. Got to go see them with some of my best friends. Um, also got to see some friends I haven't seen in a while either, which was really awesome. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, apart from that, it's been quite an, another work heavy week, unfortunately. It seems to be a running theme at the moment just because my work's a shithole. Um, yeah, uh, so I've, I've come to realise that I'm desperately in need of a holiday or just kind of getting away for a little bit because I'm kind of losing, I'm getting a bit of a bit cabin fever really with work, losing a bit of motivation to the normal sort of nine to five job that I do. Uh, but doing this podcast helps massively. Doing the interviews I do for various websites and stuff is, is helping as well because that's the kind of stuff that keeps me motivated and enjoying being a quote-unquote journalist. Like, I didn't get into this to, to write about, I don't know, people woes and things like that it's not 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 what i want to do i want to tell stories of of bands i want to tell i just, I just want to talk to bands and find out what they're on about i want to talk to wrestlers and find out what they want to talk about and i just want to talk to my mates that's that's why i got into this but yeah enough about me anyway enough of my little moan um one other th- cool thing i did get to do was i got to see my friends noia mathers who i haven't seen in a while um because toby their guitarist now lives in berlin uh so they haven't really played any gigs at all this year up until last weekend so it's really cool to see them um and they were kind enough to to record an episode of the show so that'll be coming up in the near future uh also went and saw uh mindhorn which was proper funny really good um if you're a fan of the mighty boosh you'll definitely enjoy it um and julian banner was really cool like for for him to have a a leading role because obviously from the boosh a lot of people gravitated towards Noel Fielding so it was cool to for Julian Barrett to kind of have the limelight on him in on this one so yeah but anyway brings me nicely on to to this week's episode um it was one I recorded a little while ago but honestly I think it's probably one of the favorite chats I've had with anyone to date so far um for this show um so this week I was I'm joined by uh the awesome vocalist from War and Women Shauna Potter um it was really cool to sit down with Shauna, uh, not just because I'm a fan of the band that she's in, uh, but to hear what the band are kind of doing. Um, they've they've been asked to do Warp Tour, which, if you're familiar with War on Women, it's kind of a bit of a weird thing that they've kind of agreed to do it. But obviously, Shauna goes into to why they've done it and why they wanted to do it. Um, and when you kind of hear all that, it, it all makes sense and clicks. Um, I don't want to give too much away because Shauna can explain it millions times better than i would be able to um so if you yeah basically just sit back enjoy the episode that i have with shauna um and i'll see you guys on the other side Today joined by uh, Shauna, who is the vocalist of uh, War on Women. Shauna, thank you very much for joining me today. 
Thanks for having me. Um, what we do with um, this, obviously, the show is called Just an Insight. So I like to start out with kind of taking things right back to the beginning um, and getting a, a brief history of how War on Women kind of came to be what it is today. So how did the band start off? Oh, um, the band started with uh, me and our guitarist, Brooks Harlan. Um, we, we had actually been playing in a band for years and it kind of fizzled out naturally as mm-hmm. they do and uh, we wanted to do another project we wanted to do another band we wanted it to be heavier we wanted it to be overtly feminist and, and we just started recruiting folks that seemed interested in playing this kind of music so as you kind of mentioned because that was the, something i was going to ask was it always the the intention to to have like a feminist message behind what war and women were producing Definitely. Yeah, it was really um, intentional on mm. our part. And because, was it 2010 that you, you formed? Yeah, I'd say at the end, you know, we really started playing shows um, beginning of 2011. Mm. Maybe our first was the end of 2010. So, but it was very casual at first, you know, playing playing a, a birthday party <laughs> and a loft show and like that so obviously sort of seven years on obviously i know kind of uh the documentation of uh, feminism and things has changed a lot but there's obviously still a lot of issues kind of surrounding it as well obviously prevalent in your music but from your point of view personally how have you kind of seen uh for one the feminist movement change in those seven years and how kind of music has been more acceptive of it Um, I think in a lot of ways, in in general, not even just with feminism, um, a lot more people have reached a certain level of education Mm. about issues, you know, and and know some of the language that for a while was just academic or just in these little, you know, blog (laughs) environments. Yeah. Um, And and so I think think it's interesting that we we all can share a little bit more of the language. Um, But again not just feminism, if that's, if that's as far as we all get, we're still not um, completing our journey of mm. education and trying to do better and trying to promote social justice. So yeah. um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, more and more people, I think, get what our songs are about than maybe they did at first when we were first playing them. Um, but now they're either, they're, they've either surpassed me and I need to keep up with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or they're like, you know, over it, or, or, or they moved on to something else, and they're like, how do you not know about this issue? And um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting for everyone to be at a certain level of education, but that's filtered because it's like our our Facebook feeds, and it's only it's not it's not ever the full picture if we just stay in our little bubbles. Mm. Um, so. It's actually been kind of a struggle for me to be writing a new. We're writing a new record right now. Okay. And I'm working on lyrics, and and it's I'm, I'm struggling to find issues that are important but haven't been like talked to death on Jezebel or Facebook or whatever, and where everyone thinks they know everything about it, or or say it in a new way. You know, like these issues that apply to women have been going on for so. So long, like women have been oppressed for so long in mm. so many different ways. It's like, 
how do you say something in a new way that mm. people maybe haven't thought about it yet? And that's like a huge challenge. And, and hopefully I can do that to some extent, but I guess as long as I think I'm um, getting the message to new people that haven't heard it, it, it takes a little bit of that pressure off. Mm. And obviously you mentioned there's got like now, nowadays, not once again, not just on feminism, there's kind of more education around uh, just just around, around sort of different sort of activist movements and so on and so forth. But when you first kind of got the ball rolling with War on Women, as you said, there was always that that kind of uh, political feminist sort of drive behind it. So was it quite difficult in the early days to to get kind of an accepted crowd? Because obviously, from I'm only going from experience in England, so I don't know how things are in the States, but... How did people perceive you when you first kind of broke onto the scene? Well, I think, you know, some folks were like, thank God you exist because we've been waiting for something like this, right? Um, And then, of course, plenty of folks were like, this is too loud and you're yelling and I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think that's true for hardcore or punk in general. It's obviously not music for everyone, but I'm I'm specifically talking about some some folks, some friends that were like, I, I don't know, you just sound really angry. <laughs> yeah. And they listen to like the heaviest music on earth, you know, but it was because I have a female voice and they, they're not used to it. And it's like, a, it was like a turnoff for them. Mm. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I still think that's going on. I think some people will always be resistant to hearing angry female voices until it's so common um, and promoted the same way that male voices are until it's so common people won't have a chance to get used to it yeah and over again once again i I don't really know what it's like in the states but is there kind of because i know here in england there's especially in the last sort of two three years there has been a, a push towards more uh sort of as you say angry women screaming in in bands kind of coming out so is is there more of that coming along in the states as well I, th- I think so. And, you know, things like that are all, always cyclical. Uh, it's not like we're the first band to ever have ever yeah. loud <laughs> music. Like, it's been going on a long time, and we owe a lot to all the bands that have come before us. Um, but what's interesting now is that with just how prevalent streaming services are and self-promotion online, um, it does level the playing field a little bit when you are a low to mid-level band Mm. you know like as far as like where the money goes uh and mainstream music and pop music on the radio like that is still uh, very like sexist and racist um but everything under that that's kind of self-made a little more diy uh i think people have a chance to hear more uh angry (laughs) angry (laughs) (laughs) and i I say that with the caveat that I hope everyone understands like gender is not a genre. Like, oh, of course, yeah. We're literally like a, a thrash, thrash punk band, and I happen to be a woman singing about stuff that I know about. You know, my my shit that I've been through. And um, <laughs> yeah, gender is not a genre. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. make a capital letter right there. And as you said, obviously, with War on Women, it is. At the base of it is it's a thrash punk band. So, why did you want to kind of 
because as you mentioned, you've been in bands before, but why did you want this band to be that type of music? Well, I think we, and, and Brooks and I's last band, um, we would kind of hint at heavier stuff sometimes. It was a lot more like, you know, there were a ton of, it was like indie rock, I guess. Okay. Um, we were we were both singing. We were both playing guitar. Um, we were writing uh, about strange things, um, like and relationships and classic classic indie band stuff. And um, but we would sort of hint every now and again at something kind of heavy. And we were like, let's 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 explore that a bit, you know. And and it's not like we had never listened to that stuff before. It's just that our previous band didn't do that. So we kind of, in a way, it's definitely getting back to Brooks's roots and what he grew up on. Mm. Um, whereas I was a little later to the game, but um, but we wanted to be heavy and we wanted it to match what we wanted to sing about. Mm. And again, because we were so intentional about being like feminist, like honestly, at the time we were kind of like, why? Like there is some really messed up stuff going on, uh, and with regards to women's autonomy, women's rights, and why isn't anyone talking about? about it like we just didn't understand why more bands weren't talking about it. and that, now i think people definitely are mm. um but but we we it was heavy subject matter to us and so we wanted the music to match that mm. well something that i kind of picked upon was obviously and many people have is obviously uh the lyrics you you sing about especially on the on the last record are quite kind of uh close to the knuckle so to say and I, I guess I'd know that that's obviously purposely done, but have you ever kind of encountered sort of people that may be a fan of you, but then be turned off by what you're singing about almost? I, uh, the, uh, the only story I have is, um, we were playing a show and, and afterwards I had some friends in the audience that came to see us and they just, they just told me a story of the, the two dudes that were standing right in front of them, um, they could sort of hear their trajectory of, 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 uh, Oh, what's this band? Yeah. Oh, this is pretty cool. Oh, this is feminist shit. Like, oh. <laughs> like it was like these two guys went on a journey of like, <laughs> yeah. do they accept us or not? And my friends just, you know, he just told me the story and I was like, well, he's not wrong. It's definitely feminist shit. And you're either into that or you're not. <laughs> but I think, um, in a way I feel like, we get we get a lot of attention um, mm. that about our lyrical content, which is great and, and important, and I think a lot of people identify with it, and it's obviously important to us. Um, mm. But in a way, I think we could get we could get just as much attention for our music, and we don't, because um, I'm really proud of our music and what we play, and and how well everyone plays, like. They everyone in this band rules, you know. Yeah. So I think it's like it's hard. It's hard to you know, as an only child, I'm like, yeah, talk to me about my lyrics. That's great, but it's like the music is good too, and, and that's important to us to to have um, a good uh, package, a good delivery for mm. the music uh, for the message. I mean, um, that that's what I want. I don't want the music to be distractingly bad or or or, or recorded so. Um, lo-fi that mm. you don't know what we're doing or how we're articulating these chords or whatever like it, it for me it all goes together and in 
a way we get more attention for our message than anything else. Mm. Well, I think because obviously where you said from the outset that was kind of your your idea, but obviously the music kind of goes hand in hand with it. So if if we kind of talk about like your your writing process with with when you're like constructing songs do you kind of go into it um saying right i've got an idea for a song about x subject and then uh the rest of the guys kind of formulate a song around that or is the song written and then you go with it with the lyrics what i love about this band is that we do a little bit of everything okay and in a, in a way i feel like it's really a good way to exercise my abilities as a writer um because until this band, like, I've played guitar in every band I've ever been in. Oh, okay. And, and so, for, like, so I never considered myself, like, a lyricist, you know? I was <laughs> yeah. just writing, I was just writing songs, playing in a band, singing, whatever, whatever. Um, so, now it's, like, my only thing that I'm doing in this band, so I'm like, God, I, I better be good at it. <laughs> um, and so I'm approaching it now more, like, like, I don't know, like a a craft in a way yeah. and it's 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 been really interesting and fulfilling to me so so yeah sometimes i'm like hey guys i have this song idea about abortion i'm just gonna scream i had an abortion over and over do you have any music that would go with that <laughs> you know and then they came up with something and i was like yep this works perfectly great and then sometimes uh brooks has like a fully formed song that he's presenting and i just try to find a hook or a melody and kind of work with that but mostly what i'm doing is i'm just constantly writing things down mm. like any idea that comes to me i'm just letting that flow jotting it down and, and then later on i can sort of pick through stuff and try to form a complete picture um and then yeah and then sometimes i like uh, on our last record uh diana la casadora i i it's based on the fact that you know there's like this mass disappearing of working women uh, in Juarez, Mexico, and and other places in Mexico. Um, they're just there's women just being murdered all the time, and mm. the the authorities, the police, are so corrupt that they're let, like letting it happen basically. And and everyone should definitely read more about it because um, I'm certainly not a scholar on it. But it's just a, it's something that I knew about when I was growing up because I'm I lived in Texas. Um, yeah, and so in a way, like I just kind of knew that it was happening, but I know I've I moved a lot, I've lived a lot, and I just kind of forgot about it. And then I just heard a story about it on NPR, which is a radio program here. They do mm. a lot of good reporting, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is really fucked up. I remember this. So just sparked by that story, I started specifically. I was like, I'm writing about this thing. Like this, like so. Everything in that song is about these women, or the pe- the families that are left behind, or um, the men that actually do it. Um, and and that, that that's actually the hardest thing for me is writing one song about one thing and keeping it really like, consistent yeah. throughout. Um, but I'm getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> and because obviously, I think even if you're if you're not necessarily um, a fan of yourselves. People know if when they see the name, they kind of know what you guys are about. Um, and I think it, all it takes is a quick Google to kind of figure out what you're about. But do you ever find that 
as you as you mentioned, like sometimes finding difficulty writing lyrics. But do you ever sometimes think, oh, I just want to write a song for the sake of writing a song. It doesn't need to be have a political <laughs> political agenda or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, yes, some, sometimes. Like, but that's the the great slash horrible thing about writing feminist lyrics <laughs> yeah. is that, like, basically any any issue at all that you can think about um, affects women in a specific way. Mm. Like, at every issue at all, there's some section of it that's like, um, and here's why it matters for women, or here's how this oppresses women. Mm. Like, things that you wouldn't even think of. Um, so there's always an angle, in my opinion. Um, but I would say our song Jordan on, on our last record, that's a personal song. Yeah. Like that's like a journal entry, that song for me. Like those are actual thoughts and, and things that happened and the way I feel about someone in my life that died mm. uh, and when she was really young. So uh, I would say that's like the least feminist song we have, but it's, it's me writing it. And I am someone that works really hard at being, you know, an intersectional educated feminist mm. activist and that's so from my perspective so i don't know it's um but yeah there's always there's always something maybe on the next record i don't know i have this idea about writing a song about like my first like real boyfriend okay um but then that quickly turned into like the feminist <laughs> um, <laughs> angle of like all the messed up things that happen in the relationship you know <laughs> so it can't be helped now <laughs> And once you once you open your eyes to the world uh, through a feminist lens, yeah. like you can't you can't unsee things that are messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you mentioned there like there's always kind of an angle of of how this sort of uh, affects women and and so on and so forth. But we're in 2017 now. Do you think that it's it's a bad thing that you still have to think how is this going to affect me as a woman, like? obviously I know I'm a male but it, it baffles me that we're still to this day having this feminist argument sort of thing I think that there should be like everything should be equal so do, does it does it annoy you and baffle you as much as like quote-unquote male feminists maybe <laughs> um I don't know if I know what you mean what you're asking exactly well so so like the the, the fact that there's still so many women's issues in 2017 like it i think it should kind of should be an equal playing field so do you think that it's bad that that, that there are still so many issues surrounding women's rights and things like that yeah i mean i can tell you it can be exhausting Mm. you know um that if if you ever if you ever like wonder why uh you know a woman that you know might be suspicious of men or or just kind of always thinking about herself. I don't know. It's like necessary. It's like we have to. Mm. Um, because cause if we don't think about how is this going to affect me as a woman, uh, trust me, someone else is. Someone's already treating you differently um, because you're a woman. So the, it, the mental gymnastics you have to do to just sort of maybe like head them off and like, and kind of already know how they're going to discriminate against you or harass you. Um, it's like it's like a form of like mental, um, almost safety planning, or you know, just getting yourself mentally prepared for it. Because one of the worst things is to be totally floored and surprised mm. by, 
by discrimination and harassment, like it can gut you. Like when you're not ready for it or prepared, it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a woman and we're not treated. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. I thought I was human for a second. I'm so sorry. I forgot you guys. So it's really frustrating. So you're always kind of ready. You're always kind of ready for it. And, and that's just like exhausting. It's mentally taxing. Mm. Like think about how much mental energy is being taken up by just, um, trying to ward that off. Uh, and like, so every now and again, I just think like, wow, it must be amazing to be like a white dude. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not like you're carefree. Like you're living your life. You have things that you go through and relationships, you know, like you're, you're a, fully fledged human being just like the rest of us but there's some level of just like freedom you're just doing your thing and and that just sounds really lovely and (laughs) and i'm not mad about that i just want us all to be there and experience that you know and something that i I wanted to talk to you about as well is um kind of the the band's almost like social media presence because i think uh especially in this day you kind of mentioned like streaming services and things like that it's very any type of music is very accessible, but something I found quite interesting from from your guys was that okay, you do promote the band, but you're also promoting countless other things like uh, as you, going back to like the education kind of things. Like if there's news articles that you think are relevant, you'll post those up and things like that. So do you think that that kind of embodies the whole war on woman ethos that it's not just we're a band, we're going to put out music, so check out our music, check out where we're playing, that you're part of the evolution of this education sort of thing. Oh, God. Um, that's uh, If that's true, that's a really nice compliment. <laughs> uh, I really like that idea. Um, I, ho- I hope we can educate um, in the least patronizing way that I can say that. You know, mm. um, I do want to be part of that. But, um, but yes, and like, in short, yes, it's important for us to share things online, you know, that matter to us. Mm. And what's, 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 uh, what's hard about, about today, uh, is that so much attention uh, online is being paid to social justice issues across the board that we can literally just share links 24 yeah. seven. And we can't do, we can't, it's just unreasonable. Like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Um, It would would eventually just become noise. Um, So, you know, every now and again, something hits us hard and we'll share it. Um, But I could, I could also totally see the argument of someone saying they don't share enough. They don't tell us about enough issues. And, um, you know, so we, we, we try to, I don't know, make it relevant or or something uh, that just hit, hit us hard that day. Um, but knowing that we also need to tell people that we have a record for sale, like yeah. it's stupid, it's very capitalist, but it's like in order to get out these messages of equality, we have to do this cap- capitalist thing of saying, Hey, buy this record, buy this record. Cause we can't make another one unless you buy this one, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so it's hard. There's too, there's too many things going on. Actually, I've honestly personally felt really tired and exhausted from, I have Facebook fatigue yeah these days um because it's just everything every post in my feed is like here's this horrible thing that's happening Mm. and it's from you know water issues to bombing to um police brutality to um abortion rights to like it's like everything everything that is could be horrible is (laughs) i don't know 
and it's hard to look at. It's, it's so I, I've been I've been distancing myself personally from social media as much as I can, other than taking care of warm women's stuff because I'm yeah. the one that's in charge of it for the most part. Mm. So it's um, it's tough to know when to share something and when not to, and because um, there's just so so much. So I I hope actually people understand that why we don't share more. Yeah. That it because it would just turn into noise. I was, was going to say I think it's as you mentioned it's just finding that balance between what is the band and what is what you want to put out to educate sort of thing really. Um, another thing kind of on that that point that I wanted to to bring up was the. Um, the Safer Spaces project. So can you just kind of explain a, a bit about that and how you're involved with it? Yeah. Um, so I, here in Baltimore, I help run and I founded the Baltimore chapter of Hollaback, which is an anti-street harassment uh, movement, really. Uh, it's made up of activists all over the world running like their independent chapters where they live, you know, in their hometowns or whatever. And um, we, we just raise awareness about street harassment. We do talks. We uh, do marches. We, we do all sorts of things to just let people know that if they experience street harassment, they're not alone. Mm. And also to educate people that don't experience it, uh, like how to intervene or how to recognize it or how to not, not do it <laughs> accidentally. Um, and so, what, you know, what I'm talking about when I talk about street harassment, Harassment is, is gender-based harassment yeah. from strangers in the street. And, and you know, any, anyone that maybe doesn't experience that, you know, you might think it's just some guy saying, hey, baby, yeah, nice ass. Um, but it's so much more than that. Uh, it's so much more than that, and, and it's very, it can be very scary, very frustrating. Um, and to the point where, and well, and then, then the most important word, is that it, it's it's also relentless mm. like once you hit a certain age you know at least as the femme woman like me like once you hit a certain age it's like it just it's constant and so we're talking about being mentally fatigued here yeah um it gets really tiring and so even when someone's like hey baby or hey smile pretty like you're just like not today <laughs> like yeah. please can I have one second to myself to just be a human being and to not be, be a woman, you know? Um, so it gets exhausting. So anyways, we're just trying to tell people what it's about. And part of that, I, what I started doing is teaching venues, like a, like a club or a bookstore or whatever. Uh, I started teaching them, they intervene. Mm. they see harassment or when someone complains about harassment in their space because like they're in charge it's their space they get to set the tone they have the power so what do you do like what do you do that's helpful and not patronizing or um you know or makes it worse and i found that you know people really want want to know what to do they just need to have permission to do it yeah so that's that's been really awesome actually and, and when we got approached to do the warp tour here in the states this summer i was like you know warp tour doesn't have the best reputation the last couple of years how can how can war on women make doing warp tour make sense mm. and we really wanted to bring this safer space idea to warp tour so i've been working with a canadian activist named kira who basically does what I do with Safer Spaces in Canada, but even on the big 
your scale, like literally with music festivals. So she's like the perfect person to do this with. So she's having the project up for me since I'll be busy saving my voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long tour. It's a long tour. So I'm I'm really crossing my fingers here that my voice keeps up. But so I I have her heading it up on on the road. But really, like all we're going to do, we're going to set up a booth and, and teach these young kids how to make their local scenes safer and more inclusive and more tolerant and, and not just with gender-based harassment or violence. Um, there's too many, too many isms, too much harassment going on in Trump's yeah. America right now. So we're going to be addressing racism and Islamophobia, homophobia, transphobia, like everything because we, you know, ableism, ageism, whatever we want everyone to feel safe enough to just go to a show. Mm. you know that's all so we're going to teach these kids how to do it whether they're the ones in the band or booking the shows or in the audience um and since we're hitting the whole whole united states i'm hoping that there's a you know just a hint of a ripple effect yeah where they take it home they teach their friends people get involved and maybe we can sort of counteract some of trump's hate with real you know grassroots love Mm. And you brought Brill up Warp Tour, something that I wanted to obviously talk to you about, because um, I think stereotypically, War and Women is not necessarily the band that you'd think you'd see at Warp Tour kind of thing. Um, so was it, a, first and foremost, was it a tough decision for you guys to to accept to play it? Um, and I know obviously you've touched upon kind of one of the reasonings behind why you want to, but do you think that this is an opportunity to also kind of open younger kids up to a different genre of music in in sense of it because i know that warp tour is a lot more kind of quote unquote mainstream friendly so it could open people up to the more thrashy punk side of things yeah i mean frankly we were shocked (laughs) you know so it's not something we ever had to consider in advance Mm. um (laughs) so we were certainly surprised and we thought um, so, you know, one, we're all of a certain age. And so we needed to be able to financially be able to leave town for two months yeah. with no job and pay our rent. Um, so once we knew, and, and I'm sorry that that, you know, that's totally not punk. It's not romantic or glamorous, <laughs> but it's a fact. Like we have day jobs. No, like, no, no, no. We do this punk band when we can and we put all our money and time into it that we can but we have to pay rent. We have to live, right? Mm. So that that's something for folks to consider. Like bands that you think are huge, like they are struggling sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so, some bands aren't. And I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do? It? You know, <laughs> I think they just I think they just literally sell more records than we do. But um, so but fame does not equal money. Just for the just for everyone listening. Um, so once we realized we could actually technically leave town and actually do it, uh, um, then we were like, why Why should we? Like, why would we? What are we getting ourselves into here? Mm. And we saw it, like, even I remember, I went to Warped Tour when I was in high school, yeah. back in the day. And I remember seeing plenty of girls, you know? Like, I, even though it, most of the bands or whatever, you could say that it seems really bro-y, but... There are so many, it's like, it's like split down the middle, like boys and girls going to see live music mm. because it's just fun. It's a fun thing to do. 
Um, and I was like, you know, we should do this for them to like, let them know that there is an alternative. Like they're, they, they can be in a band themselves. They don't have to just watch boys in bands. Like there's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm honestly just, <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm just imagining screaming abortion really loud, <laughs> to, like 14 year olds. So <laughs> I don't know if we should be doing this, but <laughs> we're, we're going to do it. And, and hopefully it's something that they um, can take with them. And, and I don't know, people, it's, it's an easy thing to go to to say, like, this is for the girls. But it's obviously just as much for the boys. Like, boys almost need to know as much as girls do that women can be in bands. Yeah. And can, and can be tough. And if you've ever seen us play, we're not trying to be pretty, you yeah. know. Uh, like, it's it, we're not, we're not posing um you know we're just in the moment uh and free Mm. and that's a beautiful thing i think to see anyone participate in and i think young girls and boys need to need to see women doing that as well Talking about obviously your, your kind of live show, um, I want to with, with most of these kind of venues, I, I like to talk about the uh, the band's kind of hometown sort of scene. Um, so my kind of only uh, understanding of Baltimore is kind of uh, just sort of straight up hardcore bands. Um, so so what what's the the Baltimore scene like for for yourselves, and how was it sort of breaking in? scream the way you know cloud rat 
screams yeah. or the way, you know, whatever, I don't know. Um, walls of Jericho, you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Like I just can't. Um, but I'm also not singing like Evanescence, right? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I'm really straddling something in the, in the middle of all that. And I don't see a lot of, I don't hear a lot of people doing, doing that. Mm. Um, so hopefully that's appealing to folks, but I think it also turns some people off because they're not used to it, which is fine. But um, I think that we, we got more accepted here in Baltimore. And again, like there's so many feminists here and so many rad people. Um, and then for the last couple of years though, we've been touring so much that I feel like when I'm home, I don't leave the house. Like I'm working or I come home and I'm watching Netflix. So <laughs> yeah. I actually feel really out of touch. And, and this, this time, this break that we've had before Warp Tour has actually been really nice. Um, we're not playing any shows. We're just working on new songs. And I've actually gone out to shows. And it just feels it just feels better to actually be connected to your city because I felt really disconnected by the last couple of years. And I didn't even really realize it mm. until a couple of months ago. And kind of moving on to your, your live show, obviously, um, with kind of like thrash music and stuff, you've got to sort of bring a, a certain energy and things like that. Um, and I know that you've kind of uh, previously spoken openly about kind of uh, being heckled and things like that back in the early days. But do, do you still get that to, to any extent? Or because you've kind of reached that level now, everyone kind of knows that, that who you are and, and your shows are quite a, an acceptive, inclusive group almost no uh, no <laughs> no not everyone knows who we are <laughs> um so you know we'll we'll get really lucky and we'll we'll play like fest uh the game Gainesville fest yeah. in florida uh to a bunch of like-minded awesome people who are singing our, our you know our words right back at us and it's like this beautiful thing um and and Really, our last fest show was one of the best shows of my life. It felt so good. Um, but, you know, but then we also open up for um, amazing bands like Flag or Refused. Mm. And people are just like, the hell are you? You know, <laughs> like, this better be good. And I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't begrudge them that feeling whatsoever. I probably feel the same way. Um, you know, so it takes, takes a warming up. Um but even still, we will, because it's when we play for people that aren't our audience, uh, you know, we're playing for new people. There's always going to be someone that's just like, this sucks or whatever, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, which is fine because it's kind of like, okay, as long as you're saying that to, uh, you know, bands with all men in them, then okay, you're just a shithead and that's your thing. That's cool. Uh, but you can kind of tell when they're really only saying it to us because they don't feel threatened by us or they don't feel afraid mm. of what the consequences might be you can always kind of tell uh and uh that's always interesting because i because i can just get the people standing around him to get involved yeah if i need to you know i don't i don't have to beat anyone up i have a i have the rest of the crowd here <laughs> yeah. to just tell you to shut the fuck up for me you know um but i, I mean if if we've ever been uh feeling relaxed and welcome and a part of a positive environment. I'm sure that feeling will go away on work tour at some point. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have to deal with that then. 
and see how see how that goes. I have no I have no idea how the summer's going to go, which is exciting and scary, and it could be awesome, but also young people are very mean, and I I I want them to think I'm cool, <laughs> um, but I sort of do and I sort of don't, and so I'm very interested to see how the summer goes and and if people you know if they get it if they like it and i'm totally cool when people don't like our music yeah because because that how could you there's too much there's too much music there's too many bands there's too many styles like no one can like everything but if someone's just straight up like this is unnecessary (laughs) then it's it's like well yes it is (laughs) you have no idea so that's the kind that's the person I'd, i want to talk to after our set yeah to just be like oh dude this is real like i'm we are living this every day um, it, i don't know this summer will be interesting cool. and and you mentioned obviously you guys are, are currently sort of writing and, and heading towards a, a new album so can, can you tell us much about that or have you got any sort of re- times of release or or what the kind of uh themes of the record are going to be um, I can't tell you anything about a schedule. Okay. At, that just means I'll, I'll jinx it. And, <laughs> and it'll come out later and later and later, <laughs> as, as records often do. Um, but we're, uh, yeah, I'm writing, I'm writing about a lot of different stuff. And we're, I can say that we're consciously trying to make a record that's a little different from the last one. We're not trying to write the same record. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Hopefully, it's forward, you know, in a way, mm. and not not, not backwards. <laughs> but um, I'm really excited about it. Um, the songs, like, like we're we're working on, I think they're going really well, and um, I'm really stoked, actually. And you mentioned obviously that you've kind of taken this break between sort of um, the last tour you did and, and Warp tour. So, have you have, was that just a conscious effort to to almost recharge the batteries and focus more on writing, um, or was it just a, almost like a natural pause in a way? It was pretty natural, but it was pretty soon after our last tour. Um, it was down south and the fest and all that. Um, Pretty soon after that, our booking agent was like, hey, do you want to do a warp tour? And we were like, oh, let us think about it. So we, we didn't really have anything else lined up. And mm. we knew, okay, it's, it's time to work on another record. And, and and this just kind of fell in our laps. And we were like, okay, let's let's be intentional about it now that it's presented itself. Let's, let's take this break. Let's recharge. Let's reassess what we want to do. Can we get a record together uh, this year? You know, so so now all we're doing this year actually is working on a record and doing warp tour, and, and I think it'll, I think it's going to make doing warp tour possible for mm. us because, I mean, I think if you're a band and you're in a band as your job, then yes, you tour all the time because it's how you make money, but. Uh, um, we're not, we're not there, yeah. you know, that's not where we are. So like being gone for two months is a really big deal for us. Um, so taking time off the rest of the year is kind of necessary to make it okay to leave for that long <laughs> yeah. in the first place. Um, and we're going to hate each other by the end of it, you know, <laughs> like it's so long, so long. So, um, it's good. It's going to be good to take that break and, um, and frankly, now I'm realizing that I need the time to plan this um, 
Safer Spaces project that we're yeah. taking with us too. Like, so I'm not, not only tour managing like I normally do, but I'm also organizing, uh, which is something I stopped doing when we started touring so much because I couldn't handle it. So now I'm doing both. <laughs> so we have a lot on our plates, and but we're, we're keeping busy. If I could, actually, I'd love to just plug our Safer Scenes project. And yeah, yeah, go for it. We do have a GoFundMe page. Um, we need donations to make this happen because we're, we're bringing out two volunteers to run this table and to hand out resources and to talk to people all day. And we want them also to be able to pay their rent and to eat and <laughs> things like that while they're gone for two months. So um, if anyone can help contribute in any way, um, I know I'm sure a lot of your listeners are on your side of the pond, but but I really think it's important for our fundraiser to hit its goal mm. because it not only helps us do what we need to do and actually get this information to all these kids, but I think of it as a marker that actually shows that people want this, that yeah. people care about safer scenes and safer spaces. And I think it's a signal to Warp Tour. I think it's a signal to all the bands playing um, that this is something that we need to be um, active about. And, and actually pursuing mm. and so if we don't reach our fundraising goal then it's something that can easily be brushed aside so i think the implications are bigger than just do we have enough postcards to hand out you know because we yeah. can afford it it's 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 showing that people people want safer spaces mm. so um, yes if anyone can donate please five dollars yeah. five pounds helps Anything helps. Thank you. And and the way that I like to to kind of round these off is um, to talk about uh, you as a almost as a performer. Um, so when you're you're playing live, is there any one particular song that you like to play the most? Um, and secondly, what song of of War of Women's do you find that the crowd kind of react to the best? Ah, uh, uh, um, I'll start the latter. Uh, the I think crowds really like it when we perform Broken Record, which is a song of our first EP. Uh, that basically the first half of the song is me imitating um, the street harassment okay. that I've gotten um, or my friend. You know, everything I'm saying is something that I've heard. It's not something I'm making up. Um, so I'm, I'm basically, I'll pick someone out of the audience a lot of times, um, some big dude and street harass him and mm. kind of, and you can really visually see him getting taken down a notch. Yeah. Uh, be, because it's like for like a full two minutes of the song, I'm just harassing someone. <laughs> and and it, it's, it's kind of like, you can sort of feel the weight of like, Oh man, this is, this is relentless. You know, like this does weigh heavy after a while, the first thing, Oh, no big deal. But after two minutes, you're like, okay, Hey, please stop. Um, so I think people really like that. People have come up to me and said, you know, they didn't understand the issue until they hear that song. Yeah. Appreciative that um, I'm sharing this and, and you know, and, and trans folks and gender nonconforming folks are appreciative because I, I throw in things like, you know, are, are you a boy or a girl? And like the kinds of harassment that trans folks get, mm. um, which is, which is more extreme and, and frankly more deadly than cisgender women. Women, yeah. trans women are murdered all the time, unfortunately. So, um, so I think I think in general people like it, uh, but I am 
I get tired of doing that song. <laughs> That's not my favorite song to perform. Uh, at first, that song was really uh, freeing or cathartic. Yeah. Is the word. At first, it was really cathartic. And now it's now it kind of weighs on me and it feels like uh, heavy, too mm. heavy for me personally. It's like personally taxing. Yeah. At this point, I, I do it because um, I know it's important, but it's like it's it's almost like some sort of personal sacrifice when I when I have to do it. Yeah. It's, it's so it's it's I don't know, and I'm sure it's, if someone, I'm sure someone hearing me right now saying that is like get over it, you know. <laughs> but when you're someone that experiences street harassment regularly, like unless you do, you can't know what that might be like to to have to imitate that for the last four years mm. you know um so it's it's an interesting social experiment for sure but hopefully hopefully you know just like everything cyclical hopefully i'll come back around and i'll yeah. start to really enjoy it again I, I you know that's totally possible um but my favorite song to perform is well oftentimes it's roe v world because i'm just singing i have an abortion as loud <laughs> as i can yeah. and i can sing it like a banshee and like a witch and and it's like really fun and I can writhe around and um, shove my crotch in security guys' faces. And <laughs> I don't know. It's really fun. It's just really fun and freeing. Um, I like that. But I also really like to just straight up dance. And I think second wave goodbye is good for that. Um, I think that's really cool. Perfect. Brilliant. Shauna, thank you very much uh, for your time. I've probably taken up way too much of your morning than the new attended, <laughs> but no, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I, hope, I really hope everything goes well with um, Warp Tour. What I'll do is um, when, when I've finished recording, I'll, I'll message you to get the link to your um, your GoFundMe and I can put that in the description of the, of the podcast as well. Great. That'd be really great. Cool. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Brilliant. No, but thank you very much for your time, Shauna. Thank you for having right. me. Have a great day. And you take care. Okay, right, bye. bye. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. So there we have it, folks. Massive shout out to Shauna for taking the time to talk to me on for what was her a Sunday morning when she probably had better things to do with uh, than rambling, uh, listen to me ramble on about what war women are doing. Um, I do apologise that the Skype connection kept uh, dipping in and out in places, but unfortunately that's the the shame of technology these days. Um, me being in England, Shauna being in America, anyway this interview could have happened but really happy with how the way it turned out um and by the end of it i kind of felt like i'd known her for a long time which is kind of weird um i kind of i feel hope the feeling was mutual because really got on with her and i genuinely kind of really hope that everything they set out to do for the warp tour kind of comes up comes to fruition um as i mentioned in the chat i will i have put the link to the safer scenes page uh, in the episode bio so please if you've got any spare cash lying around um support what what they're doing because this is a pretty cool idea that they've got going for what is essentially a massive tour around the states 
Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what the band doing uh, on all the various different social media platforms. Uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash war on women. On Twitter, it's at war on women, but women spelt W-O-M-Y-N. Uh, they've also got a Safer Scenes uh, Twitter page, which is at Safer Scenes 2017. Um, and on Instagram, it's war on women, or one word. Uh, you can keep up to date with what's going on with this show by following just underscore and underscore insight on Twitter using hashtag JII pod to join in the conversations. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, anyone you'd like to see on the show, we're always taking suggestions and up for getting new people on. Um, and next week, especially, we've got a wrestling week coming up. So, as always, like to hear your predictions for the upcoming WWE pay-per-view, which is Backlash coming up. Um, we also have a NXT TakeOver coming up, so I'm undecided how I'm going to do the episode for next week. Could be a bumper doubleheader episode, or could be two separate ones, how we did it over WrestleMania weekend. Um, not too sure yet. All depends on who's available to do what regarding my guests uh, for the roundtable episodes. But anyway, that's next week. Uh, and for now, I will say thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me, and I will see you very soon. Mm-hmm.